Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only... MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congratulations. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give you all of your money back. It's an, a, a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R, CHAIR. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no! Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the default! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 74 of the Born Ready 2-Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. With me as always, Eric Hawk. And today, uh, as we are recording this, it is actually Wednesday evening. We are recording before the results uh, from the Pacers and Minnesota Timberwolves game on Wednesday night. So uh, here's your warning that we are recording before the results from that um, we'll be recapping that game later on Born Ready to Blog. Uh, so if you're listening to this uh, podcast Thursday morning, our sincerest apologies. Uh, we wanted to watch the game tonight and not stay up too late. So, um, Hawk, recent act, Pacers action, last two games, uh, Friday night, 
Uh, they played at Chicago and won that game. Monday night against the Sixers, winning that game. Malcolm Brogdon returning in that one. I'll go over some of my notes from those games here in just a second, but what were your thoughts uh, from the two games that have happened since we last recorded? Yeah, the Philadelphia game was it was a tough game to watch. Neither team was really killing it offensively, but you know, at the end of the day, we got the win in that one. And then, what was the other game? I can't even remember. Uh, they played at Chicago last Friday. Oh yeah, Chicago, and that's one where we seemed to be in control the whole game, and Levine ended up with forty three points and scared us like he is known to do. But yeah, that one was probably a more complete, better victory overall. And you know, we're on a good path to playing the Timberwolves tonight. Yeah, and that was, uh, I think at one point, the Pacers were pretty much ahead in that Bulls game for a majority of the time. Uh, Levine hit like four straight threes, and then the Pacers went back up, and then uh, Kobe White made like three straight threes. So uh, the Bulls were just in that game simply due to three-point shooting from those two guys, and obviously when uh, your best player has 43 points, you have a good chance of winning. Um, but that Sixers game, more importantly, uh, the game that we'll f- focus on more here today, uh, obviously, because better competition for the Pacers, more so than the Bulls, um, and maybe a potential first-round playoff series, depending on how things shake out. Uh, the Pacers beat the Sixers 101-95, um, so uh, Brogdon and Sabonis had both missed that Chicago game. They returned into that game. Um, so Philly actually led the Pacers 49-40 to at halftime. Uh, they're in like the third quarter, or so they uh, they were leading by double digits. Um, and Ben Simmons had 20 points there in the first half, only ended up uh, finishing the game with 24 points, so only scored four points there in that second half. What, what were some of the things that you noticed that the Pacers did in the second half uh, to allow them to get that uh, big comeback win against Philly the other night? You know, I can't really remember anyone having, like, a great shooting night. I know Justin Holiday pretty much probably had his best game of the season, and that literally willed us to victory. But just Brogdon being out there, had a bunch of assists, ended the game, I think, with 15, controlled the tempo well, um, you know, just things like that. And I think the Heat game, after the T.J. Warren incident, we got a little fuel in us in those two games we should have won and we did win. So I think maybe it knocked us out of this funk. And if we go three in a row tonight, I think that's a great stretch of the season after struggling a tad. And, you know, we still got Oladipo coming back. So all things are go. Yeah. And it seemed like Brogdon had, had not played well in that game. He had come out flat with his shot there in the first half, uh, still was creating on offense um, but you could tell he was a little rusty, and he actually finished the game with 21 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds. So uh, nearly finished uh, that game against the Sixers with a triple-double. Um, so he, he just completely took over there in the second half. And then holding Ben Simmons to only 4 points, I think that was obviously the big thing for the Pacers um, in that game. Um, he was completely doing whatever he wanted there in the first half. And uh, to only allow him to score four points in the second half is just a, a big testament to the changes that they made there uh, at halftime. Um, and so uh, they ended up outscoring the Sixers by 15 points in the second half. So um, they played a much better second half than they did in the first half. Um, and, you know, big, another big game from Turner. He seems to be 
in a nice stretch here. He had 14 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Sabonis had 10 points and 16 boards. And then mostly TJ Warren. He had 21 points in that game. And then also that big block uh, there on Tobias Harris uh, with about, I think he was, we were up by three, maybe it was, and it was a game-tying three attempt. Um, and he, he blocked him to pretty much save the game. Uh, Tobias Harris, a de- decent three-point shooter. Um, so Warren's responded. He had a good game against the Bulls uh, Friday and also 21 points uh, against the Sixers and that block. So do you think that that whole Jimmy Butler thing has kind of motivated him here recently to play better? Maybe a little bit. I, I think he's a true professional. Maybe he's just looking forward to the next time they can play. But, you know, Warren drew a tough matchup with Ben Simmons guarding. I'm a great defender, and he, he played well. Also, just to note that Sabonis got that 10th point with what, like, 20 seconds left on a foul so barely got that double double i think it's his 32nd or 33rd of the year and he's on pace to to shatter the pacers double double record so if we're doing a record watch right now that's something i'm looking at yeah another interesting stat here since the jimmy butler incident the heat haven't won a game and the pacers are undefeated so um that's yeah i like i like that too um, as of now, before the Minnesota game, obviously Pacers are 25 and 15, uh, could be either 26 or 15, uh, 25 and 16, depending on the results from the Timberwolves game. Uh, but they're currently the number five seed in the East. Um, and things are pretty close from that two through six range, uh, that Philly win, uh, jumped them up from, uh, six to five the other night. Um, so they're only a half game behind the Raptors who are at the four, uh, two and a half games now is between them and the Heat, and then they're only three games behind Boston. So um, I think two through six, we know who the teams will be in the East. Number one seed, obviously, is going to be the Bucks. I feel like I don't see anybody getting ahead of them. Uh, but that two through six range, very close. How would you? How do you see, put your prediction hat on here, how do you see that shaking out if you had to do your early prediction for uh, those those teams from two to six at the end of the season. What do you think it looks like? Well, you, I think you got to start with the 76ers. They're in the sixth spot right now. What's Embiid's timetable? Is it three weeks or something like that? Um, he had two weeks, to, and then they were going to review it uh, and I guess see how it goes and maybe get another. So there's no real timetable on it. They're just going to reevaluate him in like a week or two um, and then figure it out so- from there think by the end of the year they would be able to make a jump and then us at five exceeding expectations with uh old depot coming back still some question there if i had to guess i'd say we inevitably end in that four or five matchup uh bucks one for sure um and then at that two you know I, I think the celtics will get it just because of good coaching and then three that's kind of the i think the highest we could get right now um and I'm just going to say the Raptors screwed up there, and then we play the Heat in the 4-5. But the 76ers still obviously have a great chance to move up, and it's it's pretty much wide open, you know, 2-6. through six. Yeah, I, it's very close. I guess if I had to rank it, I kind of agree with you. Boston probably keeping that two seed. Um, the three, I, I would love to see the Pacers jump in there and get the three. Um, but no matter what, um, you have a pretty uh, difficult first-round matchup um, unless you get that two seed. So 
Uh, I guess the only advantage really is getting that home court advantage in the first round. So, I yeah, like I said, Celtics one, or excuse me, number two, and then I'd probably go the way the Heat are playing right now. I, I could see a dip uh, second half of the season. Um, so I will put – man, this is tough. I'll just pretty much wide out. Yeah, I'll I'll just put the Heat at three. I'll put Pacers four, Raptors or Sixers five, Raptors six. And I mean, yeah, it, all those are interchangeable. I just made that off of the top of my head, no research. Um, but I do expect the Heat maybe to see some slippage there. Uh, they're young, and uh, I think they've definitely overachieved. And uh, I guess I mean we talked about who we would rather play out of those teams last week, but I don't know. They they played well and. It's tough. Like I mean, the, the two through six is pretty much irrelevant. They're all good teams. So, um, yeah. Do you think that's the first time we've ever said slippage on the podcast? Yeah, I, I did. I say it. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was rambling, and uh, slippage apparently came out of my mind. So or my mouth. So uh, yeah, I, th- I so think I got a I got a bet tonight for the game because I lost all my ass on Clemson and I can't find the first to score. So I put $2.75 on this Timberwolves game going to overtime. So if that happens, rejoice. I've won a bet finally. And that's my last two seventy-five, and I'm retiring again. What? What is the payout on that? It's two seventy-five to win $38.50. Wow. Well, um, I don't like your odds, but, I mean, it's ballsy and you got to take chances. So uh... you got you to try to quote five times my money right now. Yeah. That's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I like the Pacers uh, minus three tonight. I think what it was at, um, as we're recording this, there's still no update on Towns or Sabonis. But Pacers minus three, Wolves aren't very good at home. And you, while you're listening to this on Thursday, you can make fun of me if the Pacers lose. But anyways, uh, moving on, upcoming schedule. We'll get into that real quick and then go into uh, final segment, which is the mailbag questions for today little shorter of an episode here this week. Um, obviously, last week we had some interesting things to talk about with the uh, fight and everything like that. But um, upcoming this week, Friday night, uh, the Timberwolves come back to Indiana. I shouldn't say come back, but they come to Indiana following uh, playing with the Pacers against the Pacers on Wednesday. Um, so the Pacers face off against the T-Wolves again for the second time uh, this season on Friday. Sunday night, kicks off a five-game Western Conference road trip. Um, So that's going to be a big test there for the Pacers before they get to the games where Oladipo comes back. Uh, Sunday night they play at Denver. Uh, Monday they play at Utah. And then Wednesday night they play against the Phoenix Suns. So that Western Conference uh, road trip, and I'll pull up the rest of those games there in just a second, but um, what do you think about that upcoming schedule uh, before we get to, you know, that, that range we were talking about where you have seven of eight games that are at home? Yeah, I mean, every team in the East has at least one, probably two of these a year, a long Western road trip. So we're getting it. We, we've kind of avoided it most of the year, so we're getting it now. And for me, it's great because I stay up a little later than most probably. So these games – finishing later I, I enjoy watching right before bed so these are all you 
know, Denver's going to, they're all going to be tough. I mean, even at Phoenix, even at Golden State, we never seem to can win there when they're healthy. So at Portland, we know the struggles we've had there. So all tough, tough games, you know, even if you don't even go 500 for them, who cares? You know, you come back and you have the ultimate prize and all the depot returning. So I'm not too worried about it and we just got to do it. And hopefully we can win at Portland for once. Yeah, um, Denver game's going to be tough. I kind of already chucked that game up as a loss. Uh, Utah, uh, they're playing a lot better here as of late, so I, I don't expect the Pacers to win that game. But I think if you go 3-2 and two or 2-3, two and three, uh, you win at Phoenix, Golden State, um, obviously a very beatable team. And then, my God, can we at least win in Portland one time? Uh, the Trailblazers are not good this year. Um, Carmelo Anthony is back and he's scoring for them, but they are just not good. Um, so if the Pacers, if they're going to get a win in Portland, this is the year to do it. Um, so two and three, three and two. Um, if they, if they go that on this road trip, be very happy. The sky isn't falling. Another interesting tidbit here though, Golden State, guess what their lowest ticket price is with how bad they are this year right now. Well, I'm looking right now, and it says $56. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm seeing. $56. I know they have a new arena, but they are so bad, and they are the lowest ticket to get into that game is $56. That's just insane. And then if you look right above that, Phoenix Suns, if you want to go to that game, it's only $6. So, I mean, that's <laughs> just... Minnesota, $6. Yeah. So, I mean, you can obviously find deals like that for the Pacers games, but, I mean, $56 to watch a struggling Golden State team, um, that is just insane. So, all right, well, that's all we got. Uh, Pacers, Sixers recap there, and then uh, the road trip, five-game road trip coming up, um, and hopefully the Pacers, like we said, 3-2, and 2-3, and that would be ideal. So um, that's going to wrap up uh, our opening segment there, and coming up next, we're going to finish up this episode with – I think our first edition of the Born Ready to Pod mailbag. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to will. It's mailbag time! Presented by Born Ready to Pod. All right. Our first question here. Um, and it comes from one of our loyal listeners down from Georgia. Um, and I'm surprised I've been looking at his Twitter account here recently. It's Dewan. Um, I'm surprised he has time to tweet about anything basketball related. Um, but anyways, Dewan asks, who would you want on the Pacers for the next three seasons? Justin Holiday, who is currently going to, or he's going to be 31, uh, this year. Or Doug McDermott, who is 28 years old. Ooh, Justin Holiday's turning 31. Yes. I still think like he's he feels like a young 31. He hasn't been harbored by a lot of minutes, but Doug McDermott's really proven this year that he can be that bench scorer that he wasn't last year. So I would love to keep them both. I think Doug McDermott will. We're already paying 10 million dollars for him. I think that's a pretty good valuation this year. I don't think he would get much more than that, probably. So I think you can afford them both. But I'll just pick Justin Holiday because I think he's the best defender. And I think what Doug does, you can maybe find a replace, although we never seem to be able to do it. So I'm going to pick Justin Holiday. And, you know, 
Shout out to our horniest uh, follower and fan. <laughs> um, I would go with Justin Holiday as well. Like you said, McDermott, uh, he's having a better season for the Pacers this year. Last year was a dud for him. Uh, being used better in the offense, things like that, have attributed to that. But, um, I mean, shooting is obviously very important, but Justin Holiday has proved that he can shoot Probably not as good of a clip as Doug McDermott, but uh, there are games when Justin Holiday just seems to be on fire. So, And then also uh, his defense is just way better uh, than Doug McDermott's, and he can guard pretty much one through four uh, on the other team as long as the four is not oversized. But like, he can defend multiple z- positions. He can make the three-point shot. Give me Justin Holiday for three more seasons. Yeah, Holiday is the perfect fit on – any team and you could say that about a lot of guys probably but him especially yeah all right this one comes from florida underscore stevie one he says what are your expectations for victor oladipo when he comes back when do you think he will return to his all-star form i'll let you start because i don't know um i expect him when he comes back um, and I saw the interview he did with Shams for The Athletic. I think the full thing was put out there today, um, and he said that he was going to come back with full confidence. He wasn't going to be scared, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the things that you want to hear a guy say, um, he's not going to back down from anybody, which that's his attitude. We knew that was going to be the case. It's not going to change the way he tries to play out there, but obviously – you haven't played a basketball game in over a year. Um, we've seen from other cases, um, you had Gordon Hayward who came back. He's still kind of looking like he's trying to get back into the swing of things, but he's gotten injured since then, so that hasn't helped. Uh, Paul George, he came back there at the end of that 14-15 season. Obviously, he looked rusty and not like the player that he was before. So I, I say... I don't think he's going to get back to all-star form this season. I do think he'll be a serviceable serviceable player this year. I think a month or two of basketball before the playoffs will certainly indeed help him. But don't expect him to be all-star form until next season. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he did come back all-star form this season because that's the type of player he is. But realistically, I'd say next season for the actual player that we've seen in the first two years with the Pacers. Yeah, I'm going to say he's not going to look – he's going to get sparing minutes I'd probably to start. Actually, I don't even thought about it really. But, you know, they play Chicago that game, and then they got New York, Dallas, Toronto, Toronto. I could see him, like, being as good as he's going to be in that second Toronto game. The first one's away. The second one's at home. You're comfortable with who you're playing. It's not a nationally – or it is a nationally televised game. He gets up for those hopefully, and maybe by then he's, you know, as good as he's going to be. And if he's as good as he has been, then great, amazing, let's do this. If not, we got to give him time. No one's expecting him to be that good yet. We just hope. And then, you know, then they come back for a game against New Orleans at home, and maybe Zion's there too, so it's another big game, and maybe that gets the juices flowing and he's back. That's that's a good scenario in my mind. Yep. Speaking of Zion, we're going to finish off the show with a question about him, so be, be ready for that one. Um all right, next question, at D underscore town underscore Killa. He asks, which players are your Eastern Conference All-Stars? 
Um, he only asked about the Eastern Conference, but I added in here as well, how about the Western Conference? So you probably don't have this up, uh, any information, but I will start it off with some players here. Um, so uh, the team in total is 12 for each conference. So you have five starters and then seven reserves. Um, and then obviously that's not the way the teams are now because they have the captains and things like that. But starters-wise, I didn't look at the last results. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I don't know if they've updated. But obviously I'd have Luka uh, in the Western Conference. I'm starting with the Western Conference. Uh, James Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I, I think that's I think the starters will end up shaking out like that in the West. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's what that's what I pulled up a website. And that's what they're projecting as well. So that is also my starting projection. Um, and then I'd say off the bench, um, some players that just come to my mind. Uh, Jokic, uh, he started off pretty slow this year, but he's gotten a lot better. Carl uh, Anthony Towns would be – uh, reserve I would have um, for sure. He's He's been out since December 13th, but he's been putting up great numbers, averaging over 26 points and 12 boards. Uh, the Timberwolves started off the year good, but then after that they've just seemed to nosedive. So um, if they're going to put his health into it, then he probably won't make it. But he's certainly put together um, you know, a, a reason to be voted in. Um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, he's having a good season. He's averaging 25 points. Um, and then I think probably since the coaches vote in the reserves, I don't know where I'm at. I'm just naming some players. I think they vote in Paul George. Um, he's missed a decent amount of time, but he's averaging over 23 points. Um, so I feel like they're going to vote him in just because of his name. Um, and then, Probably Devin Booker. Uh, he's also having a good season, 26 points. The Suns are doing much better than they usually do. That's not saying much. Um, but um, I don't know if Booker's even been an all-star before. Maybe he has. I haven't done the research. He's not. So this would be his first all-star bid, um, and I think that he's playing at a high level um, with a crappy organization. So those are some names off the top of my head for the West. What do you think? Yeah, I think Rudy Gobert was one last year. Um, yeah. The Jazz are playing well, so he's a name. A guy like Damian Lillard will probably end up making it. I'd be surprised if Russell Westbrook was not in there somehow, some way. Maybe it's through an injury, but it just seems like he is the all-star game player. And I don't know if he's necessarily deserved it, but Houston's got a decent record. And, you know, I, I, I think you put him in there at the end of the day and then – Anybody on the Spurs, DeRozan, Aldridge possibly, and then maybe Brandon Ingram, but I don't think those three will end up making it. Yeah, Brandon Ingram also uh, one that uh, I had that I didn't think of there. So, um, As for the East, uh, Trey Young, I think he's leading in all-star votes uh, or one of the top ones in the East, so he's going to make it. Um, I think Kimba as well uh, was leading in votes. Siakam I know for sure was leading in votes. Uh, Giannis and Embiid. Giannis and Embiid for sure will make it as well in the Eastern Conference as starters. Um, so as for the reserves, this is where it gets interesting. Um, I think you got to get Bradley Beal the nod. I think he's got to make it. Uh, he's averaging nearly 28 points a game. The Wizards suck, but he's still been playing at an all-star level. So I think you got to let him in. Um, I think that they'll give the Bucks two guys uh, just with how they've played. So Giannis obviously being one of them. 
Um, so they're going to give the other nod, I feel like, to Chris Middleton, uh, just with how good the Bucks have been playing. Middleton's only averaging around 19 points a game, but he's obviously a difference maker for that team. And with the way they've been playing, they t- coaches tend to reward good teams for their play. Um, I have Bam Adebayo as well. He's having a great season down in Miami. I think that he definitely deserves to be a reserve. Um, Sabonis 100% deserves to be a reserve. I don't think that's um, up for debate whatsoever. Um, And then I have guys like Jimmy Butler. He's going to make it um, just because of who he is. And then as well as uh, Jason Tatum will probably make it as well. So uh, how about you? How do you think any guys that I mentioned that you – think um will make it uh or that i didn't mention that you think will make it yes yeah, there's 12 spots so the celtics might get two of tatum the heat would get two with uh bam and then the raptors would get two if kyle lowry was an, interested in and you'd think he'd get in i, I think Lowry's the odd man out this year you got to have beal in there Sabonis has proven his worth. I think you got to have him in there as, as a representation. And Ben Simmons off the bench. You mentioned the starters. I think that's pretty much set in stone. So, yeah, anybody else you mentioned that I, I think would maybe make a, an effort? Gordon Hayward. Um, I don't think Brogdon's done enough. Levine. And I think Trey Young definitely gets in there. Um, I, I don't think that's an issue. Did you mention Kyrie Irving? No, I did not mention Kyrie. I, I don't know where he was on the fan vote, but I can't. There's no way the, the coaches will vote on him. So the only way he gets in is if he gets voted in. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, so some other guys I had there. You said Brogdon. I, I don't. I think he was he was definitely on pace to be an all star. Um, and with the injuries and the games he's missed, I don't foresee that happening. Uh, Jalen Brown, the other player from the Celtics, he's been playing pretty well. Um, Andre Drummond, um, I mean, he's averaging a ridiculous amount of rebounds and points, so I think you have to consider him, but I don't think he'll make it. Uh, another player, you mentioned Levine. I think Levine's playing. Uh, he's having a great season, probably the best of his career, but still don't think he makes it in over some of those guys. Um, and then the other guy I want to point out is uh, Devontae Graham from Charlotte. Um, he's having a hell of a year. A lot of people didn't think that, you know, the Hornets would be anything this season, and they're not very good, but they still have won a lot more games than people expected. He kind of came out of nowhere, and he's averaging around 20 points a game, so he's not going to make the All-Star team, I don't feel like, but he certainly um, should be in the conversation. He's having a great season, so uh, he would be one of the biggest snubs in my mind just because of how well he's played. Um, but it's because it's in Chicago. So you think Zelvine is? Oh, I think he's almost a lock now that I think about it. In Chicago, he'd be the only representation in the All Star game. Yeah, and maybe I don't know if they've announced the dunk contest. I know Dwight Howard was one of them. Uh, maybe I think Le- Levine said he's interested if he's an All Star. I think that was his, he knows he knows what to do with the media yeah. for sure. So if he gets voted in, he for sure has to do the dunk contest in Chicago, and that would be excellent. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely deserves to be. So if he was an 11th or 12th guy added onto the Eastern Conference team, I, I wouldn't have any issues with it. Um, I think there's some guys that you could change him with, but don't let any of those guys be uh, Sabonis. The Pacers definitely deserve at least one guy uh, recognized at All-Star Weekend uh, on that team. So, um, yeah. Our next question, it came from two guys. Uh, we've kind of already talked about this, but we'll – um, see if our minds have changed. 
um, at Mad Drums and from the comics dude who is uh, a part of the blog. He, they both asked in different ways, what's the most logical rotation when Oladipo comes back, given how well our bench has played this season? So he means who's our starting five and who's our, well, our second five? Yeah, uh, pretty much who's in the rotation, the five starters and the guys off the bench. Okay, so it's got to be Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, and we're riding this Sabonis, Miles Turner thing out. That'll be the starting five. Might not be the first week or maybe even the first two weeks, but I think inevitably it's got to be. Um, and then after that, you got Lamb, and this was the debate we had last week, McConnell or Holiday. Holiday's played some good games lately, so maybe it's Holiday. We'll say it's Holiday for now. And then Justin Holiday. And from then, you know, the backup bigs, who, who, whatever you think's necessary at that point. But they kind of rotate them on a, a, you know, a different keel so they each get playing time. So as long as we don't have to see TJ leave, as long as Batadze sits on the bench, whatever, I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, starters definitely for sure. Off the bench, Lamb, uh, Justin Holiday, uh, McDermott will still get playing time. And then yeah. obviously the biggest question uh, is around Holiday and McConnell. I, I don't know what they're going to do. That's the biggest question mark, so I can't really say. I, I could see them going either way. I wouldn't argue against either player. They both have definitely proven their case to be the backup point guard, so I won't argue with whichever decision they make. If they make a bad decision on that and one of the players is playing bad, they can just put the other guy in. So it's as easy as that, and it's a good thing to have on the team. So uh, Next up, from another blogger on the site, Joey Haas, he asks... Do you think that the Pacers make any moves before the trade deadline this year? Um, we've talked about this. Maybe some kind of veteran guy, like a, a power forward that you wanted Leaf to be or Batadze to be or maybe a center type like that. Someone who can do a little bit of both. Like a Trevor Booker a couple of years ago, the veteran guy is what we would assume. But, you know, the All-Star games, and we're talking about that, it's in Indianapolis next season, you know, and there's a chance – you could have three all-stars on the Pacers roster next season with the all-star game in Indiana. So I don't really know. You can, you're not going to move any big pieces, I wouldn't assume. So I don't think there's going to be any major trades and the veteran minimum is what we're looking at. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we discussed pretty much the move they would have made as a move on the buyout market. And like you'd mentioned there with Trevor Booker, and that would have been a player – I think like Justin Holiday, who comes in and fills off, fills those mention, min, minutes off the bench. So I, I don't see them make any trades this year. I don't think there's really any need to. Um, they have depth. They have a solid starting five. They're not going to trade off of Tur- Turner and Sabonis this season. They're not going to do it midseason. If they were going to do a deal like that, it would be in the summer. So this is one of those first times where – I don't foresee the Pacers making a move uh, in the trade market or the buyout market this season. So, yeah, but at the same time, they got a lot of assets, so it's almost like you can make an argument for them if they were. But you know, I like the team. I like where we're going, and like I said, we could have three All Stars. So I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. All right. Next question from another guy on the blog. We got a lot of blogger questions here. C Poindexter, Chris Poindexter. He asks. What are your thoughts on the hoodie under suit jacket look from players? So uh, Oladipo does this a lot where he wears a hoodie under a suit jacket. New thing in style nowadays. Do you think you could pull it off, and do you think it's a fashion trend that's going to stay? 
You know, pulling off a fit is all about confidence. So I, I think Oladipo is a cool enough guy to do that. Personally, I can pull off a suit. I can look fine. I, I can have a little swag every now and then. But I, I don't think a sweater with a suit jacket on me, that would look weird. So I could not pull that off, no. Yeah, I, I kind of think uh, one time I wore a turtleneck under a suit jacket, kind of as a ugly. Yeah, at a, it was an ugly sweater event, something like that, and I kind of tried to go sophisticated. Couldn't pull it off. Um, the hoodie I think would look better than the. Um, uh, God, what did I just call it? The uh, turtleneck. Uh, the hoodie. The hoodie would look better than the turtleneck. Um, do I think I could pull it off? No, but I do appreciate the look. Um, anything that isn't what Kyle Kuzma is trying on these days. Have you seen any photos of Kuzma and he's just trying to act like this ultra cool dude that, you know, just deep down is like a whiner. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like an Instagram thing called the all drip team at the end of the season. It's kind of like, all, and I think he was a snub last year. So he's just. He's doing whatever he can to try to make the all-drip team, and I, I don't think he's he's going in the right direction, for, yeah. if I was a voter. But, yeah. but then again, I'm a farmer that lives in the middle of Indiana, so what the hell do I know? Yeah, he, he gets a lot of hate. The blonde hair, I mean, that's bad. And then the outfit, specifically the other day, this black outfit he was wearing with these random-ass shoes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fashion icon or a fashionista or know anything about fashion. I just know he looks like a dumbass. So. Yep. All right, last question here, and this question was actually submitted by yours truly. I submitted this question, not for myself, but for you. Um, Zion Williamson, I know he's your boy. He's expected to come back against the San Antonio Spurs on January 22nd. Uh, So he'll be making his NBA debut then. How excited are you, and what are your expectations for him for the rest of the season? A, A season where some people thought maybe he would sit it out. Who were they playing that night? The Spurs. Spurs. So, you know, I'm definitely excited. I mean, I I, I think everyone's going to be excited who's a fan of this guy to actually see him play. But my expectations have been tempered, and I don't want them to be. But everyone's telling me one way. What am I going to think? I guess, I guess my expectations are tempered a little bit. Pop will have a good – you know, defense scheme. I feel like he'll, he'll have to know that he can impact the game, even coming from this injury, just the, the atmosphere he'll bring with him as well. So I'm excited for sure, but I, I don't expect him to be a, just a straight killer right away. He's coming back from an injury. They're trying to take it slow. There's been reports that they're trying to relearn him how to, to run, which doesn't seem like something you want to hear for a positive longevity, but I'm just excited, and I hope the haters can be proven wrong. Yeah, and do you think that he's, while he's been out, and I'm sure he's done some exercise, but do you think he's had one too many gumbos down there, the food in New Orleans? Do you think he's gaining on some weight that he shouldn't be? It's impossible not to. I mean, honestly, if you're playing basketball every day, you know, you'd lose some of those calories, but, man, that gumbo some rib stick in food, you know, and, and it's great, and it's not just gumbo. You know, there's fried chicken places down there, all kinds of seafood, catfish is big, crawdads. I mean, it's 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 hard, you know, and then maybe he's going to Cafe Dumont late at night and getting some beignets, getting the sugar fat. I wouldn't blame him, and maybe, you know, we'll yeah. see what he looks like on the, on the court. Yeah. All right, well, that'll definitely be exciting. So, like I said, January 22nd, he makes his NBA debut. I'm sure ESPN will be talking about that for a week straight. So you'll hear enough about it here over the next week. But 
All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Um, like I said, we recorded this before the Pacers-Timberwolves game, so we apologize for the you listeners that were looking forward to a great analysis of a meaningless uh, January game against the shitty Timberwolves, but um, we decided to just go ahead and do it before the game because it wasn't worth our time to talk about it this evening. So hopefully the Pacers won, and uh, hopefully they are you know get a good start off onto this road trip this weekend. But we will be back next week to discuss um, the early results of that road trip with you. So stay tuned. Have a good rest of your week, and hopefully the Pacers beat the Timberwolves. And we can have a good weekend. See you guys later. See you.